This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Uh, so if you would turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43, and I'm going to encourage you to take notes today. Um, some of the scriptures I'll have you turn over there. Some of them I'll just refer to, but please write down the scriptures, write down some of the things that we talk about. Um, but I know God is speaking to each and every one of us. And, and today, um, I know that preparation is on the heart of God today for each and every one of us. And so that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about and we're going to get into is that preparation always positions us. Preparation positions us to be who God has called and created us to be. Preparation positions us, whether you're in the kingdom of God, a child of God, business world, athletic world, uh, family, investing, whatever the case is, preparation always positions us. And part of my job um, as a minister of the gospel, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11, 12, and 13, it says, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist, that one of their roles is to equip the saints, to prepare the saints in order for us to grow and to become mature and to be who God has called and created us to be. And so when you come into the house of God, the Bible says that God Himself is the one who set the ministers in the church. And we have a, a different idea a lot of times about men and women of God that, that, that they're just, we just sit them up there and we come to go to church, make ourselves feel better. People come to church for a lot of different reasons. But I want you to know whenever I come here, I take my position in the kingdom of God very serious. And anybody, um, I've, I've developed a relationship with you over the years. And anytime somebody stands up at this platform, I want to encourage you to see them as they're on assignment from God. And that God is going to speak to them and speak through them to help us become who God has called and created us to become. So it's important that whenever we come into the house of God that we're willing to let down what we think we know about God and say, okay, God, I'm here, I'm open, my mind is open, my heart is open, and that's why I want you to write down scriptures. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see God's word. I want, I want you to realize that it is God speaking to you. It's, it's God speaking to me. So when you go home this week, you can open it up and say, okay, God, what was you saying? So in order for us to mature and to fulfill our destiny and to be who God has called and created us to be, it's important that we see things correctly because we don't see God how He is necessarily. We see God how we are. That's why it's important to continue to change the way that we are so our vision of Him comes into clear perspective. You with me? Hold your place in Isaiah 43. Well, let's just read it while we're here. Then we'll go. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. It says, Do not remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Does, does the microphone sound a little echoey to you? It does to me just a little bit. Could, could you tweak it just a little? Um, so God is wanting to do something New. Say, God is wanting to do something new. So right here, he starts off laying the foundation of, okay, what are some things that I can do to position myself to walk in the new things that God has? He says, okay, first and foremost, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. But in other words, release the past, release 
who you were and what you went through and all the problems and all the difficulties. And that, that's a daily process of learning how to release the old and to embrace the new. Because I can't wrap my arms around the new things that God is wanting to do if my heart and my arms are full of the old. If I'm wrapped up with the old hurt and the old pain and who I was and what I went through, I've got to release that in order to embrace, okay, God, what are you wanting to do in my life right now? I know you're wanting to do something new, so in order to experience the new, I've got to start thinking in a new way. Because it's not new to God, but it is new to me. So in order for me to experience something new, it always starts with my, my thought pattern. Because my life is going to go in the direction of my most dominant thoughts. So what does that look like in your mind? God, what, what are some new things that you're wanting to do in my family? What are some new things you're wanting to do in my business? What are some new things that you're wanting to do in this church? God is wanting to do something new, but in order for us to embrace it, we've got to let go of the old and embrace the new. The Bible says those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, not just what He said to the church. So God is saying something, and He's saying, I'm wanting to do some new things. I'm wanting to move in new ways. And this is what this is talking about in verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing now, say now, it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Wilderness, desert, represent uncultivated areas, barren areas, waste areas, dry areas, areas that, that aren't producing, they're not the way you desire them to be, they're not the way that God desires them to be, and so he's saying... A river and a road represents movement. And he says, no matter where you're at, God has always wanted to take you from where you're at to where he wants you to be. And he's saying, I'm starting, I'm doing some new things. There's a river that he is, that he is preparing and that he has prepared to move you from where you're at to where he wants you to be. There's a, a road. Go with me to Isaiah 40, verse 3. Just to your left. I'm sure I told you to go somewhere else, but just hang with me. Isaiah 40, verse 3. Now, what we're talking about today is preparation. Say preparation. Verse 3 says, a voice, Isaiah 40, verse 3, it says, a voice of one who cries in the wilderness, prepare, prepare, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. In the Amplified, it says, a voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness, Prepare in the dry area, prepare in the uncultivated area, prepare in the empty area, prepare. If you're wanting to experience something new, he's saying one of your jobs is to prepare. If you're believing God for an answer to your prayers, what are you doing to prepare for that answer to come? If you're wanting to increase financially, what are you doing to prepare for that to take place? If you're wanting to go to new places in your business, what are you doing to prepare to go to new places in your business. Preparation positions us to be who God has called and created us to be. A lot of times in sports, winning or losing is due to preparation. A person that does not prepare, lack of preparation is preparing to fail. Why? Because when I don't prepare, I'm out of position. When I don't prepare, I'm out of position. But when I do prepare... It positions me. Preparation positions me to be who God has called and created me to be. Listen to the definition of prep, prepare. To make ready. 
for a specific purpose, to make ready for a specific purpose, make suitable, to adapt, to train, to equip or furnish with necessary provisions, put together or make out of ingredients according to a certain plan. So when I prepare, God is making me ready for a specific purpose. Say, I have a specific purpose. When I'm preparing, it says that he puts together or makes out of ingredients according to a certain plan. God has a certain plan. God has a certain purpose. Preparation positions me for a certain purpose and a certain plan. And God has a plan. God has a purpose. But in order to walk in it, in order to discover it, what is my job? Prepare. What is my part? Prepare. Prepare my mind. Prepare my heart. Prepare my words. Prepare my attitude. Prepare my expectation. Preparation positions me to be who God has called and created me to be. The definition of position. A manner one is placed in. An attitude, a posture, a location or condition in which one has the advantage. A location or condition in which one has the advantage. So when I'm preparing, it's making me ready. Stay with me. It's making me ready for a specific purpose and a certain plan to give me the advantage in life. God wants you to have the advantage. He wants you to know Him, and He wants you to be you. He wants you to fulfill your purpose upon this earth. He wants you to walk in the plan that He has for you on this earth. But what is it going to take for you to discover what that is? Preparation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. What is that dream? What is that vision? As I'm going over here, I want you to think with me this morning. What is that dream? What's that vision? What's that thing that God's called you to do? And are you preparing? Are you preparing for God to new, do new things in your life? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared, say prepared, beforehand that we should walk in them. In the Amplified it says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do, say do, those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths, taking paths, which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. God has a good life prepared for you to live, but in order for me to discover what God has prepared, I must prepare. Why? Because preparation positions me. Preparation positions me. Every time, what, what, is, what is your position this morning? I want to ask you this. What is your position? What is your attitude? What is your posture concerning your purpose, your destiny, your dream, being who God has called and created you to be, the husband, the wife, the, the child of God? What is your posture? What is your attitude? What is your location this morning? Because I know that you're in the church physically, but where are you at internally? I know your bottoms are here, but where's the real you? What's your location? What's your posture? What's your attitude about God doing something new? A location or condition designed to give you the advantage. Do you realize God has set up the church to give you the advantage? 
He designed the church. He says, don't forsake yourself assembling together because it's to your advantage to come and to hear my word because that's the only way that you please God is by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's to your advantage that the presence of the living God is in this place to tear down wrong thinking and to build up right thinking. It is to your advantage that you learn the power and the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. It is to your advantage to realize the spirit of the living God lives and dwells on the inside of you. It is to your advantage to prepare and to be made and to mature and to grow and to have a vision and to have a dream and understand that God is in you and with you and for you and God is on your side. It is to your advantage to know God. He's not a lucky rabbit's foot. He's not a genie in a bottle. He is a God that loves you. He is a God that believes in you. But what's your attitude? What's your position? Because we can play church and not be the church. Preparation positions me to be who God has called and created me to be. But a lot of times people don't prepare because they don't value the importance of preparation. They don't value the importance of discipline. Discipline is doing what you don't want to do so you can do what you want to do. But when you value the important discipline comes from two words, the discipled ones, the disciples ones, the disciples of Jesus were disciplined ones. In other words, they were after the heart of God. Guys, I don't want us to play church. I want us to go after God. Let's know God. Let's know God. Let's know God. Let's know the heart of God, the motive of God. Let's be who God has called and created us to be. Let's, let's fulfill those dreams that are in your heart. Let's do what God has placed in your heart. Let's go where God has called us to go and do what God has called us to do. But what is it going to take to get there? Preparation. Preparation positions us to be who God has called and created us to be. What are you doing today in your life that's preparing you to fulfill what you've been asking God for? What are you doing today in your mind and in your heart to prepare for God to do something new, to make a river in the wilderness and a road in the dry lands? What are you doing to prepare to know God more than you've ever known Him before in your life? What are you doing to hone that gift and that skill? What are you doing to take that business to new levels? What are you doing to prepare because preparation positions us to be who God has called and created us to be? Amen? few things about preparation. Are you ready? Preparation allows us to know God and to be us. Preparation allows us to know God and to be us. Go with me to, to Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. Preparation allows us, stay with me here, preparation allows us to know God and to be us. It allows us to tap into our purpose. Preparation allows us to tap into our destiny. Preparation allows us to become the people that God has called and created us to be. And you know, just like I do, on the inside of every one of us, there's a desire for you to fulfill everything God has placed in your heart. There's a desire for this church to be flowing over with people hungry and thirsty and passionate for God. There's a desire for your business to go to new levels. There's a desire to hone that gift and skill and that ability God has placed on the inside of you. What is that thing that pushes you? What is that thing that is talking to you? What is that, what is that that moves you to be who God has called and created you to be? Well, what are you doing to prepare to release 
what God has placed on the inside of you. Please, please hear this. Preparation positions you to release your potential. Potential is you thinking in ways that you haven't thought before, seeing something that you've never seen before, doing something you've never done before, going somewhere you've never gone before, becoming the person you are supposed to be, but you're not that yet. Preparation positions you to release your potential. There is more in you than what you're experiencing right now. Preparation positions us to release our potential. You prepare day in and day out in the presence of God, you begin to see God in a new light, that He is not this some religious, pious, uh, pie-in-the-sky thing. You begin to realize that He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my provider. He is the way maker. There's nobody that is more powerful than my God. How do you get to that place where He's that to you? Preparation positions you to know God in a way you've never known God before. Preparation positions you to realize that it's God's hand on your family and on your business and on your destiny and on your purpose that moves you and no devil in hell can stop you from going and being and doing what God has called and created you to go. But if you don't ever prepare, all you know God is He is the God that I get to spend eternity with instead of the God that is here right now that wants to make a difference in every single thing that I do. Preparation positions us to release things that God has placed on the inside of us. Preparation positions us to know God. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. So I'm glad I came today. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. He says that I may know Him. This is Paul speaking. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being conformed to His death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or, or already perfected this, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus. We're going to read this out of the Amplified. I want you to listen to this. Paul says, my determined purpose, say my determined purpose, is that I may know him, that I may progressively, listen to these words, progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. In other words, it's a process. Preparation allows me to know God and to be me, but preparation is also a process. It's not an event. It's not an event. You've heard the same before. Leadership is developed daily, not in a day. A gift is developed daily, not in a day. Your relationship with God is developed daily, not in a day. Preparation is a process, not an event. Are you in the process? What are you doing to be in the process? Paul says, my determined purpose is that I may know Him and that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly. And, that's the first part, that's His first desire. And that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from His resurrection. That I, I just don't know Him, but I know the power that is outflowing from His resurrection, what He exerts over believers. And that I may so share His sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness even to his death in the hope 
that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual more resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. In other words, he says, as I am pursuing God, and I want to know God, but I also want to know the power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. He says, you know what? It begins to lift me. Everybody else around me and everything else around me might be dead, but the power of God begins to lift me. It begins to lift my thinking. It begins to lift my heart. It begins to lift my hope. It begins to lift my courage. It begins to give me a lift. You see all the time in, on TV and in magazines, they lift and tuck and nip and do this and stretch this. And, and he's saying, you want to lift? He says, no God. And he goes on to say, not that I've already attained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of and grasp and make it my own, that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me and made me his own. In other words, he says, with all that I have, I'm going to lay hold of everything that Jesus did for me. When he hung on the cross and he took all the curse and sickness and sin and disease, and when he went to hell, I'm going to identify not only with the cross, but I'm going to identify with what he did in hell. And he disarmed Satan. He disarmed the powers of darkness, made him of no effect. He kicked the devil's tail, and he rose from, and he, and he gave us the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to identify with all of it. He says, I'm going to press. Press means a determined movement. Press means I'm going to stretch with all that I have till I can't stretch any farther to lay hold of what God has done to lay hold of me. He gave His Son to lay hold of you. What are you doing to lay hold of Him? He says, this is, this is, this is where I'm at. I'm determined I'm going to know God. This is where I'm at. No matter what anybody else is doing, I'm going to know God. This is where I'm at in my mind and my heart. They can play religion if they want to, but I'm going to know God. And I'm not just going to know about God. I'm going to know God. And when I get a hold of God, then the resurrection power is there. The life-giving power is there. And things begin to rise and things begin to lift and things begin to look differently. Why? How do I get there? Preparing one day at a time. One day at a time. And if I keep preparing, I keep staying in a position. My posture changes. My attitude changes. And I realize that God wants me to prepare. And God has things for me. And it's just to my advantage. He loves on me because it's to my advantage. He forgives me because it's to my advantage. He is merciful to me because it's to my advantage. He has graced me because it is to my advantage to walk in relationship with Him. And He says, and every day, this is, He says, I'm not there yet. But I'm going to be in the process of letting go what's behind and I'm going to press and I'm going to hit that mark. What is that mark to know God? What is that mark? I'm going to know God and out of knowing God, I'm going to be me. Out of, when I press that mark, I'm going to get to this place. I'm going to apply what I know to apply. And when I hit that mark, guess what? He's going to show me something else to do. He's going to show me somewhere else to go. He's going to do something else to lift me. He says, because there's a prize. There's a prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know everything that God has you do and to be a part of is to take you upward. To take you upward closer to Him. To take you upward in life to be who God has called and created you to be. But this morning, I want you to wrap your mind and heart around preparation positions me to be who God has called and created me to be. Number one, preparation positions me to know God, to be me. Preparation is a process. It's not an event. Preparation precedes opportunity. Preparation precedes Opportunity. Go with me to Matthew 25. 
Matthew chapter 25. Preparation precedes opportunity. Verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish, and those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept, and at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming out to go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready, those who were ready, those who were prepared, went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. The ones that were prepared went in. The ones that were unprepared didn't go in. I'm going to be real with you whether you like it or not. But I think we're going to be really surprised whenever there, we're going to see people in heaven that we didn't think they should belong there. And then we're also going to be surprised that we look around and say, where's so-and-so? It isn't just about coming to church. It's about being the church. It's not just about being religion religious, it is about a relationship with Almighty God. The greatest success a person can have is to be prepared to know God. We can talk about preparing for your business, preparing for your career, preparing financially, preparing physically, preparing in all these other ways, but when it comes down to it, are you prepared right now, right where you're sitting, are you prepared to know God? Because see, preparation precedes opportunity. Once opportunity presents itself, listen, it's too late to prepare. Preparation allows me to know God and to be me. Preparation is a process and not an event. Preparation precedes opportunity. If you're believing God for opportunities, not only to spend eternity with Him, but if you're believing God for new opportunities, new degrees of His presence, new things, what are you doing to prepare? Don't just be where you're at. Prepare for where you're going. Prepare. Prepare. I never forget one of the things my dad told me when I was very young. He says, Trey, there'll be certain times in your life where big opportunities will come. He says, you can't wait to get ready when they come. You've got to be ready before they come. And not only did I learn that from my earthly dad, I've learned it from my heavenly father, the importance of preparing. If I'm asking him for big things and I see big things in my life, what am I doing to prepare? I'm always preparing for where God has called me to go, not for where I'm at. There's a, 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 just a, a great story in my life, and I'm sure you have your own stories, but you know, I'm constantly preparing and studying. And when I was pastoring a church down in Texas, they have this big uh, event they call Rock the Desert. And, 
and uh, they have all the big names, you know, Chris Tomlin, Jeremy Camp, all, all the, the, if they're on the radio, they're there in this big desert, and there's just tons of people out there, you know, 20, 30,000 people, and they have all these screens up, and, and they're just worshiping the Lord, and, and so I went out, I was just volunteering in the prayer, prayer tent, and uh, it was on a Saturday, and so I went out and prayed and everything, and my time frame was done, because all the churches get together and help and work together and everything, and so I went back to the house, I was studying and praying, preparing for the service the next day at the church, and, and I just, man, my heart was just stirred, and just, man, I just, I, I just knew I had to go back there, so as soon as I get back there to this event, I go up to the prayer tent, and they said, oh, because this was a, a denominations majority-wise where they didn't believe certain things, and so when I was there the first time, this person came in, and uh, their leg was damaged real bad, and I prayed for their leg, and God had instantly healed their leg, and their eyes are all like this big, and so they bring over the prayer list and say, hey, would you pray for all these? And <laughs> I said, you bet, you know, and, and so I'd built relationship with these people. When I get there, they said, oh, Trey, thank God that you're here. This guy's wanting to commit suicide, and would you talk to him? Well, this guy, I, I talked to him. God delivers him. He gives his life to the Lord, and, and I thought, well, man, that, that must be why I came back here, and, and we're sitting there, and it's getting close to 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and um, I'm sitting there thinking the whole time, man, I need to get back home. I got to get up early. I got two services in the morning and all this stuff's going through my mind, but I just knew I was supposed to be there. And I'm looking at all these people and I just nonchalantly asked this guy, one of the leaders there, I said, do y'all ever share Jesus with these people as far as give them an opportunity to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And he looks at me. He says, no. He says, hang on one moment. So he walks back and he comes back. He says, Trey, would you do that? I said, you better believe I'll do that. He says, you got seven minutes. <laughs> I said, good with me. Perfect, man. I, seven minutes. And you know what was so cool? When I first gave my life to the Lord and I was 20 years old, uh, I don't know how many of this kind of tells my age, but I don't know how many of you listen to Audio Adrenaline. They're a little bit more rocky than... You know, oh, Lord, I lift your name on high. You know, they, they, they jam out, which all that's good stuff. But when I first got saved, that was my language. So I wanted to, you know, and it was so cool. I just thought this was just a love gift from my heavenly father that that was the band playing right before I got up on stage was Audio Adrenaline. And I was sitting there, and I was looking. I was backstage and seeing all these, these, these thousands of people. There's 20,000-plus people, you know, 11 o'clock at night, and, uh, and this band playing, I thought, man, Lord, thank you so much. That is just so cool. And anyway, I get out there, I share Jesus with them, and there were literally hundreds that gave their life to Jesus that night. Now, why did that take place? Yes, God is good and God is faithful. You know what? God could have used anybody he wanted to use. But I was so thankful that I was prepared when opportunity, to present, when opportunity presented itself because then it affected hundreds, if not thousands, of people's lives. Preparation precedes opportunity. I, I could go on story after story. Just a few months ago, this TV uh, crew, they, they come up and say, hey, Trey, would you be on the show and everything? I said, sure, man. I, this, this camera's there, and I went right at it. Just started sharing the word and thing. He's like, man, you're just like ready all the time. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm continually preparing. I'm expecting, to God, I'm expecting God to do great things through our life. And I, it's one thing to expect, but it's another thing to prepare. Roping's the same way. Why? I'm continually not just preparing and practicing from where I'm at. I'm preparing and I'm practicing for opportunity because preparation precedes opportunity. 
I don't practice like for, for where I'm at right at the moment. I'm practicing for where I, I know the opportunities can come. What are you doing to prepare because opportunity is coming? A lot of times we think, please hear this, that the obstacle is a lack of opportunity. But the obstacle really is lack of preparation. Because opportunity comes to everybody. What makes the difference is the preparation. It isn't, well, this guy gets all the breaks and this person has this opportunity. No, 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 no. Everybody gets opportunity. Everybody. But are you prepared when they show up? Because discipline is, I'm going to practice and practice, and I'm going to prepare, and I'm going to prepare for hours and hours for something to be over in seconds. Musicians practice for hours and hours and hours to play a three-minute piece. Actors practice for weeks and months to do a play that is over in two hours. When I minister, it's hours and hours of studying and preparing for something that's over in 30 or 45 minutes. What are you willing to do to prepare for opportunity? Because preparation precedes opportunity. Opportunities are coming. Are you ready? So preparation allows me to know God and allows me to be me. Preparation is a process, not an event. Preparation precedes opportunity. And preparation uh, for tomorrow begins with how I use today. Preparation for tomorrow begins with how I use today. Listen to this. Preparation isn't what I do today. It's what I believe today that determines how I prepare. Because if I believe that time is the currency of life, if I believe that there is a, a set time for everything, if I believe that when I say time is the currency of life, we have 86,400 seconds every single day in our life, every one of us, and what I do with my time is going to determine who I become, where I go, and what I do. If I believe that my time is valuable, then I'm going to treat my time differently than if I don't believe my time is valuable. If I believe that renewing my mind will change my life, then I'm going to prepare and renew my mind so my life will change. No life change without no mind change. If I believe that when I bring my tithe, my finances to the Lord, my 10%, and I give gifts, and I, I honor God with my substance, if I believe that God's super comes upon my natural when I do that, then what I do, I, I prepare and I do it. Preparation for tomorrow is determined by what I believe today. What do you believe today? If you believe that working smart and working hard and give it your all is going to bring results tomorrow, then what are you going to do? You're going to work smart and work hard and give it all you've got. If you believe that hanging out with the right people are going to empower you to be who God has called you to be, then you're going to hang out with the right people. If you believe that the house of God is for your advantage, you're going to be in the house of God. If you believe that what you see and what you hear and what you think about is going to affect your perception, then you're going to watch what you see and what you hear and what you think about and who you hang out with. If you believe, then you do. Your preparation for tomorrow is determined by what you believe today. What do you truly believe? Not what your mom believes, your dad believes, your preacher believes, your church believes. What do you believe? Because what you believe will determine how you prepare. I want to let that sink in for a moment. What you believe. 
will determine how you prepare. The fifth thing, preparation takes a continual, continual, continually good perspective. When you're preparing for something, it's a continual process to get, keep my perception right, my perspective right. Go with me to Matthew 6, 22. Say, I'm glad I came today. We're almost done. Stay with me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, it says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. In other words, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about? What are you talking about? What are your goals? What are your relationships like? Because it's going to determine whether your, light, your life is light or your light is dark. Preparation takes a continually good perspective. You, you look at sports, for example. Let's say a, a basketball team or something where the guy that's the first substitute, when he is sitting on the bench, he has to have the mind of the coach, but he has to have the ability of the player. Even though he's on the bench, he has to be in the game. He has to be thinking about when this person goes here and this person goes there and this happens here and this happens here. But when he steps onto the court, he has to change the momentum. Our God wants us to be game changers. God wants us to have the perspective that comes from God to see yourself the way that He sees you, to see your gifts, to see your ability, to see your skills, to see your heart, to see you the way that He sees you. So when you go to work, you're a game changer. When you get around your friends and family, you're a game changer. Your attitude is different. Your thought process is different. Your words are different. Your life is different. Why? Because it's a continual change in your perspective. Every time I get in the presence of God, every time I come to church, every time I open the Word, my perspective is coming more in alignment with my Heavenly Father's for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Preparation takes a continually good perspective. How is your perspective? What is your posture? What is your attitude? What is your approach? Because if I'm continually preparing of where I'm going and who God's called and created me to be, I'm continually tweaking, I'm continually adjusting, I'm continually changing. Remember that 1% a day? I'm not changing everything at one time, but I'm stepping in that direction by just changing my thoughts at least 1% a day. Changing my attitude at least 1% a day. Changing my behaviors at least 1% a day. I can change at least 1% a day. And if I keep preparing, I keep changing, opportunities coming, I maximize the opportunity, and I'm who God has called and created me to be, doing what God has called and created me to do, going where God has called and created me to go. How are we doing, church, as individuals preparing? Because preparation... Allows me to know God. In the process of knowing God, you begin to know yourself. And as you know yourself, you begin to discover your strengths and gifts and visions and desires and passions that God Himself has placed on the inside of you. And listen to this. He's expecting you to do something with it. He doesn't place desires and passions and dreams in you to frustrate you. He's not sitting there saying, boy, they're squirming. I'm... <laughs> You see that, Jesus? But no, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and He's praying. They're going to get it. The Bible says He's interceding right now on our behalf at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. 
saying they're going to tap into the power in the name of Jesus. They're going to tap into the power of the Spirit of God. They're going to tap into the word that I've left them on earth. They're going to be who they're called and created to be. You know God believes in you? God believes in you. He believes that you're going to take this, what you learn out of the house of God, which is for your advantage, say to my advantage, and you're going to take it into the world and you're going to be a game changer. Because see, whenever you're preparing and, and whenever I'm preparing, I'm improving myself. And when I improve myself, I improve my family. When I'm improving my, myself, I'm improving the body of Christ. When I improve myself, I'm improving the team. When you improve yourself, you're improving everybody around you. Where are you at in the process of preparation? Because preparation, it allows me to know God and be me. Preparation, realizing that it is a process, it's not an event. Preparation precedes opportunity. Opportunity is coming. Say, it's coming. But then quietly, once you ask yourself, am I ready? Am I ready? Because preparation, preparation precedes opportunity. Preparation, continual preparation. It takes a continual good perspective. If I, I believe that preparation is key, then preparing for tomorrow, it, it will change what I do today. What are you doing today? And you're preparing for being and going and doing and, and knowing God. Sixth, and the last thing I wanted to, to, to just put out there as far as preparation. Preparation always causes you to take action. Preparation leads to action. The correct preparation leads to action. If you're preparing and you're preparing for something, there's going to be a time that you've got to act on what you've been preparing for. Church, how are we doing as God's people? How are we doing as God's light? How are we doing as agents of change? How are we doing? Guys, you're getting ready to start a new school year. God is wanting to do something new in your life. But prepare, prepare, prepare. How are you doing in your sports? How are you doing uh, in, in the things that God has called you to? Church, prepare. Preparation positions you to be who God has called and created you to be. Can I give you three more things? I'll leave it with you. Everybody's honey okay? How about your stomach? Not growling too much yet? Three, three quick things. We'll be out of here in a few minutes. In, in preparing for what God has called and created you to do, I want you to write these three things down. It, it takes the correct assessment. It takes correct alignment. And it takes correct attitude. If I'm continually preparing, assessment is, am I evaluating correctly? Where am I going? What are my goals? What, what is it going to take to get there? What's the time? What's the resources? What's the skill set? What's my limitations? What obstacles could I face? When you're going somewhere, when you're, you're stepping out to be who God has called and created you to do, and you're preparing, where are you going? How do I get there? What obstacles are there? Be real with yourself. What am I going to face? Assessment, alignment that you can assess all day long, but if you're aligned up incorrectly, James Dobson said it doesn't do any good to climb the ladder of success and realize when you get to the top, it's leaning up against the wrong building. Alignment, are you lined up correctly? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else is added unto our life. Seek first the king and his domain, his way of doing things and being right. Righteousness means right alignment. He says, if you'll seek me first, you're going to bring everything into alignment that needs to be into alignment. Correct 
alignment. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two things hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, he said, give me your everything and things will come into alignment. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Do you know your why? Why do you go to work? Well, I've got to feed the kids. Okay, that's honorable. But somewhere along the line, you've got to find out why you're here. That comes back to preparation, knowing God and knowing yourself. Knowing God and being you. Why? Because when you know your why, then it keeps you preparing. When you know your why, it motivates you. The word motivate comes from the Latin word to move. What moves you to do what you do? So when you're preparing, assess. Where am I going? What is it going to take to get there? Align. Am I in the right alignment? Am I, do I have the right goals? Do I have the right people around me? Do I have the right equipment? Am I using what I have? An attitude. Third one, attitude. How's your attitude? How's your attitude? Attitude is an outward expression of an inward feeling. An attitude. Do I have a can-do attitude? Or are things, do you always come up with excuses? Remember the definition of excuse? An invalid reason for neglecting your duty. There's no good reason for you not being you. I know you've gone through tough times. I know you've had hell on earth. I know there's been a lot of obstacles. But have you forgotten who you serve? Church, have we forgotten who we've served? And that is not just some cliche. Honestly, thinking and wrapping our heart around God is in me and God is with me and God is for me and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. God Almighty is on our side. Prepare. Prepare. Assess. Align. Have the right attitude. Let's have the attitude like we are the body of Christ upon the earth. Let's have the attitude that God is in us and God is with us and God is for us. Are you prepared? Are you preparing? 